Welcome to Where's My Blueprint Podcast, where we talk about all things adulting, our experiences, navigating adulthood, and what we learned along the way. We invite you to join our weekly conversations while we create our own blueprints on this amazing journey and hope some of the lessons we learned can help you. Here are my co-hosts, Nay and Sunny D. Hey everybody, it's your girl Sunny D here to brighten up your day. I'm a new business owner transitioning from corporate America. And frankly, I can't trust anybody that don't like tacos. Hey friends, I'm Nay. I'm so excited to share and grow with y'all. I'm a full-time wife, full-time mommy, and part-time employee. Nutella is my love language. <laughs> This is your girl, Nakai, and I am your host on Where's My Blueprint Podcast. I am so excited to have you guys here, and I love brownies and seaweed. So let's get to the episode. Hey, welcome back to episode 22 of Where's My Blueprint Podcast. Today, we have the honor of having a beautiful panel of beautiful Black women to talk about friends, circles, and friendships. But you all know what it is before we get started. Message from our sponsor. Hi, guys. We're going to make this quick. This episode is brought to you by Divine Timing, one-stop shop for all things adulting. Check out their website, fearforme.com, for all of their instantly downloadable digital products. Amen for that. Coupon code WMB22. Save 22% at checkout and get your life. So today we will be talking about our friendships, friend circles, and how having a support system has a huge impact on one's mental health and success through life. Listeners, we have a lot of new voices and we are thrilled to get into this conversation and get this started. However, you guys need to know the voices, right? So we're going to do roll call. Can each one of you introduce yourselves? And we'll start out with Jerusha. All right. Hello, everyone. My name is Jerusha. And for short, y'all can call me Shasha, which is a name that I usually use with close friends. So hopefully this group um, will feel comfortable with that. Thanks for having me, y'all. That warmed my heart. <laughs> um, next, we hit up Miss Kaylee. Hi, my name is Kaylee, and I'll be talking on the show with these beautiful ladies, so yeah, that's me. Hello, everyone. My name is Kiana, but um, everyone calls me Key, so y'all can call me Key for today. And then y'all, Miss Brianna? What's funny is I'm actually going to behave right now. I I have a lot in my spirit that I want to say, but no. um, Hey, everybody. My name is Brianna. Okay. Well, as you all know, listeners, every single episode, we start out with a quote. And this quote I am really excited about. It says, lots of people want to ride with you in the limo, but what you want is someone who will ride the bus with you when the limo breaks down by Oprah Winfrey. So ladies, let me know what are your thoughts on that? Do you like it? Do you not? Do you believe in it? Because I know I feel like that's the type of friend I want in life. Is that somebody who's going to be on the bus with me when the limo break down or at least help me push the car if my car break down? So yeah, I feel like that's the kind of friend I would want in my life, but also that's the kind of friend I would want to be. I agree. What kind of bus? Are we talking school bus, paratransit? What are we talking about here? (laughs) Yeah. Why did you take my role, Brianna? No, um, yeah, you definitely do. You know, and it's funny, I actually heard a quote that's kind of 
similar but opposite. And it was saying too, like, you can't take everybody with you. And it was like, that's why um, buses have, you know, like 12 rows and Bugattis have two seats because, you know, saying you want that one person that's going to ride with you. So, yeah, I mean, definitely I want somebody that's going to, when the things aren't going as well, would, you know, saying pivot with me as well. And I'll take it a step further by saying the people that I have in my crew, they ain't even going to let me have to get on that bus because they're going to they gonna help me either fix the limo or they're going to give me the money to do it myself. But they ain't going to never let me, they ain't going to ever catch me slacking. So, well, I just want to say, yes, I'm over here snapping like hard because yes, I like that when you have a crew that won't even allow you to get on this bus, whether it's transit, a school bus, it's hot, no AC, it's too much. Yeah. So kudos. Okay. So we are going to transition into Miss Nay telling you the topic and breaking it down for us today. So today we're going to be talking about friend groups and friend circles and just friendship in general, especially friendships between Black women. For this episode, we are going to refrain from using the term tribe just because the negative connotation associated with the term tribe with some First Nation groups as well as some African groups. So for this episode, you will not hear us say tribe, and we will do our best to consciously remember that. But we are talking about friend groups, friend circles, and just the beauty of community. Yes, yes, yes. I'm loving it. And audience, as you know, we always start before we get into the good meat of the conversation with an either or. So our either or today, ladies, is would you rather save a hundred strangers or your one loved one? I can't save my baby. I I feel like I'm going to go with the first answer that came to my mind. And so I'm going to go with family. Um, I'm going to go with family as well, because at the end of the day, you only have family and they always got you. I concur. I think those hundred strangers are going to remain strangers and I only have one brother. So that's what that is. I'm going to save a loved one, but it's going to be either my husband or my baby. hundred strangers that are dying. For people you don't know, your husband and baby are good. I guess for me, I would say sibling. So yeah. Well, technically, I don't have, I mean, I do have a sibling, but I probably saved a hundred people. I don't know. So maybe I love we my should. Brother, though. God knows I do. <laughs> <laughs> so I really don't know. I don't know. That's hard. okay. We say loved one. Yeah, I probably go with loved one. Final answer. Okay. I was like, uh, she really thinking it's a hundred strangers versus one loved one. I was like, ooh, okay. All right. So let's get into our episode with the me. And so I'm excited to understand, like, as you beautiful ladies, like, how do you define friendship? Anyone can answer. I'm lucky a little stumped about how I define friendship simply because when Jerusha introduced herself and she was like, uh, my nickname, you could tell my friends. And I'm like, I've been on her for almost a year. She ain't never told me her nickname. So what does that? really mean for friendship so I'm a little stumped on that right now I'm sorry so I can't even really focus Bri, I feel like I told you that before but if I haven't my bad I was thinking about that question so I saw that question and I was like I feel like I don't have a definition but I do have like words that kind of come to mind so when I think of friendship I think of a relationship that is honest transparent I feel accepted protected in some ways but just someone that 
I can always be authentic in myself with, and it's a reciprocal relationship. So not only am I available to listen, be dependable, but I can also get the same thing from someone else. So those are my initial thoughts on friendship. Yeah, I feel like there's like different stages of friendships. You know, when you're a child, everybody's your friend. You on the playground, you know, somebody says hi to you and then y'all throw rocks together. You're like, mommy, that's my friend, you know? And that's fine. And then probably like, you know, when you get to middle school age, it's probably the reason why your friends are your friends is because it's something that y'all share in common. And y'all are kind of like forced to be together. So like all of my friends in middle school were friends from athletics just because, you know what I'm saying? We worked out morning and afternoon. Then we went, you know, we traveled to games together and stuff like that. And then even the same thing in high school, like essentially it was just like those people who have kind of remained in those clusters with me from middle school. And then in college, it was more so maybe a connection of something that we had in common, which I'm sure we'll even get into it. Like if it was a trauma that we had in common or, you know, our fashion or um, even how they assign you to a roommate that has the same major as you. So it's like that common thing. But I think now for me in my thirties, what's defined is friendship is, and I can't even think of like any big, deep words to say, but it's more of a authenticity on both ends. And it's allowing me to be completely who I am and being able to share with them criticism on their behalf of things that they, you know, may not be doing right. And in the same thing for me, like what Jerusha said, it's like reciprocated of, you know, I, w- I want to have fun with my friends at this point, but I also want to have friends that can tell me the real, you know? So I think even too, in this category, like I have two groups of friends. I have friends who I still trust them and stuff and we have a good time together. We have fun. But then like I have a good core group of friends and these are the friends that's going to tell me the real, whether I want to hear it or not. And one quote that I always love and I heard it coming from T.D. Jakes that his daughter told him, she was like, um, I I can um, trust your compliments because of your criticism. And so she was basically saying that there's a balance in between that her dad has the ability. He doesn't just tell her all of the things that she does good, but because he tells her the things that she needs to work on, she can also, you know, appreciate and trust his, his critiques, like his compliments. And I think a lot of friendships, we don't have that. As soon as you tell your friend, well, girl, here's something that you need to work on, or, you know, this pissed me off. Then it's like, oh, okay, well, I'm not talking to her anymore. Well, then if that's the case, then that shows me that that's not a true friend. Yeah, I, I definitely feel that. I feel like, you know, the people who do give you those honest criticisms and everything else, you can trust what they say when it is fun and roses and everything more than people who are always cheerleading in the background. But Kaylee, it sounds it seemed like you wanted to chime in. So with this next one, what do you think are characteristics of a healthy friendship? The characteristics of a healthy friendship, I would say that it's a bond that's built upon loyalty, respect, the respect of boundaries, companionship, and trust. That's what I would think. Yes, I love that. I love that list. I love it a lot. Ladies, do any of y'all have anything to add? I saw a lot of head shakes and a lot of cosigns. I think that's, uh, um, I like that list and I'm so proud of her. Uh, Kaylee, side note, is my little sister. <laughs> so, but definitely, I think those is a good list. Something that I would 
also um, think to add is are just incompetent is my ride or dies. That's what I always think of when I t- talk about my friends. They always are going to be there for me. And like Brie was saying, they criticize you. Just to give you a side note, my friends, I've been telling Brie about this. They have been helping me with this move to Dallas and I don't feel disconnected with them. I did not clean up my room. I waited till Thursday before I left to move to Dallas to start packing my room. They came over dressed up. They were at like a venue. They were dressed up from head to toe and started helping me pack my room because I was just, I couldn't do it by myself. And they literally stayed with me. They had heels on y'all. They were in my room helping me move my stuff at 10 o'clock at night with heels on. So I'm like, so put it in the car, put it in the trunk. So it's like that when Kaylee is talking about that list, she is like correct. And that's something that I always look for in people that are like in my crew. Girl, them are some friend friends because I hate moving. So anybody call me talking about help me move. I'm going to buy you snacks. Is it morning? I'm going to get you donuts. Is it at night? I'm going to buy you pizza. But I, so yeah, you got some riders in your circle. I'd add to that in regards to healthy relationship, an awareness that we go through stages. So the relationship isn't always going to be what it was in the beginning. And so just being open to the fact that, you know, your friend might get married and start a family and you still might be single, but what does that now look like between the both of you? And so I know there's a lot of people who will like, you know, get disappointed that the relationship is not how it started. But I think a healthy relationship is understanding things don't always stay the same and that's okay. And so based off it changing, how does the dynamic evolve from there? And to piggyback back on that, piggyback on that. Woo, tongue twister. But I think true friendship is understanding that even though your friend may be going through those different stages, you can still have a friendship. It might look different, but a friendship is still possible. I say that because I am the one out of my friend group who got married first, who had the child first. Well, not all of them were childless, but anyway. And so sometimes having that conversation with your friend, like, hey, my situation is different, but I can still have a hot girl summer too. It just don't look like your hot girl summer. So still including your friends in those life stages, even when they do have other obligations and other considerations to think of. Mine is not deep at all. I just wanted Nate to explain how can a married mother with children have a hot girl summer? (laughs) Girl, the beauty of look but don't touch. I am still young. I am still fabulous. Like, he ain't the only one who want me. But tactfully and respectfully. Okay, and that's on period. Brianna, let me live my best life. You know what? You got it. You got it. You right. Hot girl summer coming up. I'm happy for you. So you both said something that I thought was very interesting to me of like having with your friend groups, you have to basically grow with them. And as you're growing with them, like, of course, like different stages, different points of life. My question for you ladies is how do you as a friend give out constructive criticism, but still do it with love? Like, is there a certain formula? Is it like a certain tone you're using? Like how, how does that happen? And what does that look like? As a somewhat co-host, I 
I would like to add, just because we're all in different stages of our lives. So I think it's important for us, like when we hear things coming from Kaylee, who's still a college student, from Kiana, who's transitioning from college into, you know, adult, you know, you know, real adult life. And then us who are in our 30s who are just living it. I think that it's really important that we kind of hear the differences. So to pose that question to Kaylee, like, what does that look like for you in college? You know, because you have to see these people every single day y'all in the same dorm room so when you know that you have to have a hard conversation with a friend what do you feel like that should look like so what constructive criticism should look like to me could be like my unbiased opinion so not being biased and being unjudgmental but also I'm still learning on how to give back criticism so yeah elaborate a little bit more for me I would say I'm not as I'm not as good on giving constructive criticism. I would say because I always have the term I'm too nice in a way. So I don't really know how to give back constructive criticism as of right now. So I just wanted to like tell the truth and not like make up a lot or anything about how to give it back. That's a good, really what I'm hearing when you say you're too nice is that you're a people pleaser. And so I think that as we start to get older, we, cause we all deal with people pleasing. I think growing up in, you know, in our younger ages, we all deal with people pleasing, but then, you know, Kaylee, once you get into your thirties with us, you'll be like, shoot, I don't care. I told him how I feel, you know, and it is what it is. Right. And I think that's even, you know, prime example of me coming on to you guys late, but having to tell these people like y'all had the wrong email address I put the right email address in the list but y'all didn't do it and so it's like for you for you like that's kind of normal I think in college uh to people please um because none of y'all at this point in y'all's life in college value constructive criticism for friends because y'all almost kind of have a swayed view of what friendship is but one of the things that I would say too is maybe in college don't necessarily be afraid to not share that because when you hold it in um you're only making things worse for your friendship right and then that's when especially for us women we blow up with our friends and something that could have been just like a small disagreement has now you know erupted into this massive thing to where now like probably your friendship has ended you know and that's really true Bree, because i can already see that playing out for me myself because i'm in this transitionary period what kaylee is talking about is definitely true you you are around these people and these are your clique you come from high school it's really hard because you spent all your time with people who you know and now you thrust it into oh my god what is real friendship I'm not on any sports I don't take all the classes with the same people I'm not seeing them no one's escorting me around school so it's like the people that I get even if they're bad people and we're both meeting at a low vibration I have to keep those people in my life so I don't want to give them any type of criticism whatsoever because I need that and I took that into my adult friendships in college and so now that I'm transitioning I'm starting to let go a lot of old friends and that's how it led me now that I'm vibrating I'm gonna say a medium vibration I don't even know that's thing (laughs) I'm on a medium vibration and so I'm attracting better people or even higher quality people and so like when I was Kaylee's age I definitely do feel what she's saying and now that I'm older I'm able to definitely attract better people and to give better criticisms and be like I don't like how our friendship is happening because 
what they're doing sometimes can trigger me. And so I had to figure out, wait, that's my trigger. But if they're doing that, I want to know why. Even though my trigger is my responsibility, I want to know what it is. And we have to have that conversation. But sometimes it's really hard when you're still on that mindset of when you're in high school, you just want to keep these people because you, other than that, you're just going to be by yourself. And Kay, I think you hit on something that I thought of and you might not have even realized you hit on it. Because when you get older, that constructive criticism can only come if you feel the trust and the security in your relationship. Because there are friends that I have that I will keep silent, not because of people pleasing, but because I'm not as invested in that relationship or we haven't developed that emotional cachet to, for me to even come at them like that. So sometimes it has to be a building of that friendship before you can give that constructive criticism because they might not know that it's constructive criticism. It might just seem like attacking. And so when you have that that foundation, that allows them to say, oh, she loves me. She cares about me. She wants me to always present as my best self. She's trying to help me be better as opposed to you're just trying to attack me and tear me down. I love that because what you said, Kiana said, and then um, what Brianna said earlier, my thought was, well, how do we define criticism? And what does that look like? For instance, I can say, well, I would like criticism of like, oh, if you're asking somebody like, how am I doing? What uh, What's going well? That's very surface level, right? So if we're asking, quote unquote, our true friends, hey, give me some criticism. Then my question is, well, how do we define what criticism is for us? And I know that's very subjective. So Jerusha, I'm going to put that question to you. So the question was, how do we define criticism? Yes, ma'am. I think criticism is subjective depending on the person who is receiving it. Um, so for me specifically, criticism would be any feedback um, that someone has for me that they want to share. Um, I don't necessarily think criticism is a bad thing. I welcome criticism uh, because I feel like that shows me we have a close enough relationship that if you notice that there's something that I'm doing that doesn't sit well with you, you feel uh, encouraged enough to let me know what it is so that we can continue working on our relationship and our connection. So I actually value criticism in in my relationships, but more specifically friendships. I love that. And I'm just like going to say I'm going to change this narrative of criticism versus area of growth, because I feel like criticisms have such like a negative connotation of like you're always doing this wrong. And it's something like it's always bad when something is it could be just an area of growth that I'm not aware of. Right. That I need to grow in this area. I do want to emphasize, though, the difference between judging all the time and providing criticism because there are those friends who are like why do you always do that and why do you look like that and you know xyz fill in the blank versus this situation happened this how it this is how it made me feel let's talk about that so I do want to clarify that there is a difference between judging your friend versus giving feedback that's good and so I'll have to um apologize to Nay. I'm sorry for judging you and saying you can't be a hot girl being a mama <laughs> no the people need to know just because you got them them people like you can still be your best self your best life I'm early 30s I don't need to be closed up so yeah it's okay you pointed that out I'm letting the women know you too can be a hot girl in your own way it's great I'm still gonna side eye you but you know I'm sorry for judging I am curious though <laughs> 
I am curious, do, do any of you guys have an example of a, of a good friend giving y'all constructive criticism? And if y'all want to share that like scenario with us, because I really want to hear. Shoot, me and all of the guys' conversation. <laughs> well, I was about to pull that. <laughs> And I was going to say, not only that, like, um, again, y'all, I already told you at the beginning, Brianna comes on here and she ends up being a (laughs) co-host. She has literally just been the co-host right now. But no, prime example, I was going to say me and Nay's conversation, like, and I remember the first time she actually gave me, and I don't even want to say it was criticism. It was truly more of a, a introspective look in myself of like, hey, this is something I'm observing. What are your thoughts? And I respected her for two reasons. One, when she came and she told me specifically, it was more of like, basically we were starting a podcast and she was telling me like, hey, this is your baby. This is what's going on. And I was like, oh, okay, thank you. I was like, oh yeah, I do need to be a leader. I need to do this. And I'm like, ugh, I don't want to do this. But with her sitting me down and actually like giving me that heart to heart actually is the main reason we have this podcast today. And not only that, like I was able to know her words were very genuine and authentic because not only of the situation I was going through at the time, but they came from love and like her words and they still stick to with me today is because she stated it and stated and said, I'm saying this because I love you. And I'm saying this as a friend because your friendship means more to me than anything else. And when she said that, I was just like, okay, don't cry. cry. I'm going to be strong. And we'll get to the strong crap later, but yeah. So (laughs) So for me, that is an example. And that's why when they said, oh, all of our conversations, literally all of our conversations are us pushing each other like, well, how can we get better? What can you do? Okay, well, I noticed this about you. I noticed this. So it's like, if you have those friendships and you have that person in your corner, like um, Kiana said, come and move, help me move at like two o'clock in the morning and some heels and I'm still dressed up. Like those are people that are, I call intangibles, right? Like you can't buy these people you can't these people are just genuine loving amazing people so I'm gonna say that is my example co-host Brianna I it's interesting when it comes to criticisms and friendships one thing that I've learned over the last I don't know decade ish or so is understanding that even though I have my friends and and we have that trust and that love for each other where we can be confident in having these conversations there are certain times where these conversations should be had or should not be had and I've gotten to the point now where one of my things that I like to do is ask them are you in a space for feedback or are you you know in a mental position to have a certain type of conversation because I know that I'm coming from a good place if I'm wanting to give criticism or feedback and I know that they're coming from a place of love if they're wanting to do the same thing but if I'm not in a mental space to receive it then it's not going like the conversation is not going to be productive so I've gotten to the point now where actually having that like permission and, and seeing where they are as far as where their their headspace is and having those conversations make for much better and more authentic conversations when we're talking about criticisms or feedbacks or even just giving a different perspective on something and I've just noticed that that's been helpful for me yeah because while they need to be open to those areas of growth or blind spots I feel like as a friend it is also incumbent upon us to be sensitive to the areas in which other people may be weak and also be sensitive in the areas where people have their I don't know 
the right word to say, but where they might have their triggers. Because if you are a friend and you are truly a friend, you also need to have those conversations of the not so pretty. So any insecurities that people have, any, like I said, sensitivities, that also kind of needs to be a conversation at times, but you have to do it in that loving way, in that sensitive way that is sensitive to their plight as well. You can't just bulldoze somebody because it is what they need to hear or it what you need to say to them at the moment. No, you still need to be sensitive to where they are in life. I'll say that one of the things like I have another scenario with one of my friends is the same friend group the crew um and my friend called me out on my health and that that is a really uh touchy subject for me but I knew she was coming from love because she was laughing the whole time and I know she's an expert because she um she's a personal trainer and so she sat down and she was like Keon this is our checkpoint so in our friendships we have we don't call them we I guess we don't really call them criticisms we're really like there's checkpoints in our friendships where we know we need to sit down and have a conversation that's like really related to what we need to talk about and so um that's just kind of how I see the situation and so from then on out she there's times where she catches me slacking I'll try to hide it you know I'll be like coming in the office with a McDonald's cup she uh, Kiana what do we talk about oh okay I'm not gonna go anywhere okay so yeah definitely uh I just really love what you guys said so I just wanted to say that piggyback off of you girl and I'm gonna piggyback right back because I love how you said that a real friend when they are gonna come to to you, they're not only going to come to you with the the real of it, they're going to help you find out the solution. So you said your friend had those checkpoints and help you come up with that. Like a real friend isn't just going to be there to tear you down. A real friend is going to help build you up and be that support system for you. Speaking of support, we, we talk about this in a few different episodes and a few different scenarios or what have you about support and what that looks like and the difference between supporting someone and supporting someone. You know what I mean? So for you guys, and you know what? Just because I'm gonna start with Brianna, what does that look like for you? And what what like supportive friends and, and what does support look like for you in the friend group that you have? Oh, you know, it's funny because it's gonna sound simple, but honestly, just support. And I say that for I'll give you an example. Um, I recently started posting on Instagram. Posting on Instagram is something that has been a big fear for me. And so I have pushed it off for for years, like not years, months. I pushed off. You know what I'm saying? Put putting myself out there in the content out there. But the day that I did my very first day that I did that, literally all of my friends either called me or texted me and said, I'm proud of you. And at this point for me, support isn't, I mean, it is time as well, but just to tell me that you're proud of me. Cause I mean, you know, when you're in your thirties, you're kind of established, you pay your own bills, you got your own place to live. So like, I don't need any of that from my friends, but just to know that you're there for me and that you all are secure in who you are to reach out to me and say that I'm proud of you. Like that means a lot. And that comes from a place of understanding from my friends of like how hard that was for me. You know what I'm saying? And just knowing that, okay, this was something that was hard for Brie just to say you proud of me. And so just to acknowledge me when I am doing something that you all know that is difficult for me, just to acknowledge what I have done to me is support from a friend. And I say that to 
say this. One of my best friends, who I still call my best friend, she didn't do nothing. She didn't text. She didn't like the post. She didn't, you know, forward it. She didn't share it. She didn't do anything. And I'm like questioning now, well, is that really a best friend? And is that somebody that I want in my corner? And so I'm seeing for me, because that's what my friend was like, well, then what, what did you want her to do? I just wanted her to do like the rest of y'all did and text me and say, I'm proud of you, you know? And so I don't know, like, that's kind of like my simple thought process about support is just like being able to just give me words of affirmation when I am doubting myself. That's completely understandable because sometimes you need a little, even if it's just a little verbal, like we see you, I know this was difficult and you did the damn thing. You might've did a whole 10 second, you know, Instagram clip or whatever, but just prepping yourself for the mentality to do something that maybe probably brought you some anxiety or you overthought it, but you were able to that. That's something that's important when it comes to what that support looks like for you. That's what you needed. You know what I mean? And being able to have that from those people that were able to give that to you is a really big deal. Um, Jerusha, what do you think? When it comes to support, I don't know. Um, I feel like I genuinely feel supported uh, by the friends that I have. And I feel like the reason why is because they really understand me as a person. I think our longevity and our relationships have helped them understand like my approach and style to life. And so whatever decision that I make, they're like, "Mm, that sounds authentic and true to you. So we support that. And then other scenarios where like I come to them to consult and get some information, they're like, you know, they're very honest and real with me. And so in regards to support, I just think about my friends who are always available, who are consistent. And when I talk about my friends, I'm fortunate enough to start building um, more friends. But prior to my move to Dallas, what I would consider my friends consist of two people. And that's been the case for the past 10 years. Um, And so these two friends that I'm referring to are my sister and my best friend from college. And they have been with me through a series of ups and downs. And so those are legitimately people who are always available and that's what I consider support is just knowing like that first person that comes to mind to call them to hit them up whenever I need to yeah that's definitely important that consistency is a really big is a really big deal I know for me when I was in college um there were definitely times where you have support and you needed support and I wasn't always in a position to articulate what that meant to me and so this is for Katie since you're in you know in that same range now how do you if you do how do you go about articulating the type of support that you need and are the friends that you have able to understand that and comprehend that and then be able to deliver on those um half of the time they're not uh, when I need support, I I feel like I'm much more of a supporting friend more than I actually get it back, if that makes sense. Like, it's not, it's never a 50-50. And if they do have, and if they do, and if they do get my support, if they do give me support, I feel like it's always something in return. Like, they want something back in return, if that makes sense. Yes, that does absolutely make sense. I've, I'm just kind of having flashbacks of my own because I've been that, like, that friend that's, like, that supportive 
have been, you know, the biggest cheerleader for all your other friends. And there were definitely times where I didn't get those things back. But then I realized, granted, I also didn't realize this until a good decade later, mind you, because that's when I was in the mental capacity to do so. But I realized I wasn't getting that back because I didn't know how to ask for it. You know what I mean? I didn't recognize what it was that I needed and what I thought what support looked like. It's not the same language for everybody. So I definitely understand that. So Gailey, I can totally relate because I'm going to say Nakai because I'm the closest to her out of all of you lovely ladies on here. But support for me, because it is so very rare that I seek outside people. (laughs) Support for me looks like just creating that safe space. So if I come to you requesting time, energy, and ear or anything in that support realm for you, that says a lot of our relationship and how I feel about you because I am the one who is often the supporter and not the support E. It takes a lot for me to be vulnerable with other people unless we have those tried and true tribulations and we've been in the sand together. So I, I totally get you and maybe not pleasantly to speak your views on being the supporter and not the supportee that might not go away (laughs) (laughs) I love that because y'all both brought up a lot of questions and thoughts that I have in my brain especially of like being a supporter and what I think of the supporter is always that strong friend right that strong friend of like I'm always there you got you if you need if we ride I don't want to say ride or die because you know at the end of the day we ain't trying to die listening but ride or kill ride or kill there you go now you got me boo see my accomplice (laughs) but like ride or kill you know what I mean like that type of friend but also it's looking what I thought was as y'all were talking is like we are when you are the strong friend and you don't have that space to be the supported how does that affect you one whether that's like emotionally in your body like do you feel like the analogy that I'm going to use is like a soda pop right or a soda bottle like you're the strong friend right and you're like you're always always taking in taking in taking in taking in basically what Nate's doing you're taking in taking in taking in taking in and then are you if you don't have that person to help you process then you're going to like when they said is like you're gonna pop one day so to rephrase this question and so you guys know what I'm asking how are you because y'all are seems like everyone on here seems like they are the strong friend or the supporter how do you deal with that Jerusha go ahead Um, I feel like I I don't know if anyone's going to be able to relate to this, but I think the reason why I can be a supporter is because I do a pretty good job supporting myself. Um, <laughs> like legit, I, I'm i okay being solo. I'm okay with like being by myself. And so I don't necessarily need to be around people all the time. But when I do, I enjoy it. I have fun. I like it. But it's not a requirement or a necessity, which is why I think when it comes to my friendships, I'm able to like support um, the friends that I do have. And fortunately for me, um, the friends that I have are also people people who can be individuals and support themselves. And so oftentimes the challenges we encounter are reciprocal because we have that tendency of self-reliance and we're able to get through things individually, but we always come back and have a conversation of like, you know, when I went through this, this is, these are some strategies that I use to kind of like get myself through it type of thing. But yeah, I don't know if anyone else can relate to that, but I often don't really struggle because I like to be 
be able to help myself because in the end, it's it's really me and myself. <laughs> so I have to figure out how to be that support system for myself, even when um, I can't find that through friends, families, or other types of relationships. Girl, it'd be me and King Jesus. I love what you said because I immediately thought of the Beyonce song, Me, Myself, and I. Because at the end of the day, if you don't love yourself, if you don't understand how to be with yourself, and I'm going to say Brianna made this amazing post um, or reel last week of like, she did a self-date. Like she dated herself for a whole entire weekend, which she met so many cool people. Like she just had the whole entire amazing experience, right? But if you can't do that for yourself, then how can you do that for somebody else? How can you be there for somebody else, right? And so I'm going to segue us into a question that if you guys are not familiar, please let me know. Are y'all familiar with what's called a love language? Yeah, perfect. So how do you express your love language in your friendship? And does your friend know your love language? And I'm going to define love language in two ways because we have a love language that we give and we have a love language that we receive. Oh, the wheels are turning. I mean, they really are though. I That's a good question. And there's actually a book, I believe it's the same author, Gary Chapman, is that what it is? I'm pretty, okay, yeah. I think I believe he does one specifically for friendships. I haven't read it yet. That's on my reading list. So it does make me wonder if the love languages are different than they are as far as intimate romantic love languages. Um, but to answer the question as best as I can, based on how I know that I give love to my friends, and to people that I care most about. Um, I've just simply said that in some instances where like it brings me joy to be able to do X, Y, Z. Like that's how I show love for such and such. And just being able to ask them like, what is it that you need from me as your friend that I can provide for you? Because I, I, I don't do hints, okay? I don't do hints. I'm not good at guessing. I do not pick up on those cues. I have blinders on. So unless you tell me what it is, I got nothing for you. And I'm just gonna, fill in the blanks and assume because I do that really well right and that doesn't always end up in the manner in which it needs to be I think that mine is quality time and it's for both like I love I feel like the way that I can give love is just through quality time being there for people and then definitely for sure the way that my friends can show me that they care is through quality time I think to kind of answer I think what was a part of your question um Sunny D a way that you can figure out your friend's love language is for one by actually being a friend and knowing them but also you can kind of tell what makes a person smile what makes them feel wanted what makes them light up like with me if you do something with me for me it goes a long way like reduce my load I might not ask for it but that really does make me smile I have an associate that loves gifts loves taking trips so I know that giving her something it makes her smile. It brings light into her face and her life. So if you really are intentional and really know your friend and want to know your friend, you can pick up on those little things that mean the world to them just because you all share that intimacy and you truly care about them and what makes them 
happy and smile. I think you picked up on something that I really like. And you said getting to one, being intentional, but also wanting to get to know them because I feel like, and this could be me, like, um, in my experiences and, you know, my life, you know, long life. But, um, I've noticed that like some people just take, take, take. And if you are a giver or if you are like a supporter, you're going to give, give, give. But at what point do we have to cut you off and be like, you're taking too much and you're not pouring into me. And I say that because I even think of like myself, like as y'all may know, um, I am, I can detach from anything in a heartbeat. I am, I don't know if it's because my Zodiac sign, I don't know, but at the end of the day, I will detach and <laughs> I will detach in a heartbeat and be like, you're dead to me. And when I say dead, Martha, you're gone. You're, you don't even exist. But when I get to that point, it's because you've pushed me to that point, right? So how do we be able to have that balance of like, yes, you're a giver. I'm giving you so much, but I have to be able to, sustain myself to use our favorite b word boundaries and i'd like to add to that now in the stage that i'm at with my relationships in general i do things because i want to not because i expect something out of it so i feel like when we do things out of expectation that's how we create disappointment so if i feel this elaborative a surprise party for a friend and I'm waiting for my birthday like oh my gosh what are they gonna do and they send me a card and a, a gift card I'm gonna feel some type of way um so I think over time I've learned like genuinely do things because you want to and you have no expectation on how they're going to reciprocate that and I've learned that I love that approach much more because then I don't feel some type of way <laughs> when things don't happen a certain way. And so that is a big thing that I've learned in um, in regards to relationships. Do things because you want to, not because you have to. That's good. That's good. That's like, ooh, that's emotional IQ, like emotional maturity right there. Because, and I think that as you get older, that is definitely like the principle that you have to have to use in every relationship in life is ask yourself, why are you doing this? Are you doing this to seek attention from this person? Or are you doing this because you, you genuinely want to do it? And like for a prime example, just a couple of weeks ago, a guy that I like, I got him something. And before I bought it for him, I had to question myself several times. I, and it, a couple of days passed before I actually went and purchased it. But I had the thought that, oh, I'm going to get him this. And I asked myself several times, Brie, why are you getting him this? Is it because you want him to look at you and be like, oh yeah, she is, you know what I'm saying? Like, I want to get with her or am I, is it coming from a genuine space of you just want to get it to him? And I played the scenarios out in my head. Okay, so what happens if I give him this gift and then he don't text me, he don't say anything and he doesn't respond, you know, how I want him to respond. And so after I questioned myself several times, the answer was no, I just want to get it to him just to be nice. Um, and he didn't respond how I would have expected him to respond, but my day operated the same because I had already prepared myself for the fact that this, I'm doing this out of my heart, you know, out of the heart of how I want to, because that's the thing too, is going back to what Nay was saying most of the time. And that's what Gary Chapman said in his book, people will love you how they want to be loved. So for me with my friends, I give my time to my friends because that's what I want back from my friends. For me, like in 
relationships, like where I'm, you know, looking to, to be intimate with someone, I am a gift giver. Like guys that I'm pursuing or dating, I love giving them gifts. Um, And so I would love to have gifts from the people that I'm dating as well, right? But I think that as you talking about like emotional IQ and stuff, and as you mature, you will realize that, okay, like what Jerusha just said, why am I throwing this party? Am I throwing this party because I want my friend to do this for me, you know, when my birthday comes or am I doing this? And so as you grow, you have to um, get to a place to where your response, I'm sorry, the person's response to what you do no longer dictates your emotions. So if they say something that they don't respond in a way in which you wanted them to respond, it doesn't ruin your day. It's not going to make you, you know what I'm saying? Your day is still going to operate. However, because that's the thing about emotional immaturity is that we're giving people too much space and too much control of our emotions to where we could be on cloud nine and then somebody comes back and says something to us and then we, the rest of our day is ruined. No, no, that's emotional immaturity. You have to get to a space to where moving forward, your responses no longer dictate and tailor how my day is going to go. Today, my day is going to go great. And whether you text me and say, hey, thank you for this gift. I really appreciate it or whether you don't my day still operates in the room in which I said that it was going to operate in. Brianna that's so good and I think another component of that emotional maturity is also having those conversations with people like it's okay to show feelings it's okay to have emotion if somebody hurts your feelings let them know like if you want somebody to act a different way I think too many times we feel like people are mind readers and they're automatically supposed to know things that we haven't opened our mouth and told them. Like I told somebody once before, just because somebody doesn't do things your way or know to do things that you want them to do, not all the time they're, it's a malicious act. I just, some things just don't come natural to me or some things just don't come natural to other people. That don't mean they love you less. That don't mean they're trying to deliberately do things. So sometimes we need to open our mouth on things that we really care about because that's the only way people are going to know things. I also yeah. think, I'm oh, sorry. I was just going to say that's so true because emotional uh, emotional maturity also helps you to like what you guys said, your favorite B word is boundaries. Having emotional um, maturity sets you up to be successful in setting, setting those boundaries for yourself, um, right? Because like even in the book, he gave an example of, you know, if a, if a husband and wife are arguing and the husband has already talked about, okay, if you're going to be disrespectful, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to get up and I'm going to move to the other room because I'm not going to have this conversation with you until you are respectful. And so a lot of times we think boundaries are being able to control that other person. Boundaries are being able to control you and what you're going to allow in your space. So for that example, like for me moving forward, that's what that's what I do. It's like, you know, sometimes I think we also hear, I know for me younger growing up, it was like if I had friends that were dating a dude for like nine or 10 years, and then we're like, girl, you need to give him an ultimatum. Either he gonna marry you or you gonna leave. That's unhealthy. You don't do it like that. You know what I'm saying? You say, hey, in six months, I really would like to be engaged with you. But if you don't see us being engaged, that's fine. But here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to remove myself from this situation. And I'm just going to work on me and start dating again. And what that does is that it puts the responsibility of however they want to respond is how they respond. And then how you respond is how you respond. And so that again, when you learn how to control your emotions in a mature manner, then it's almost like you're bound 
boundaries are parallel because it's like, yo, I can't control what you do. I can't control how you treat me, but I can control how I respond to how you treat me. Brianna, it's so good that you gave that example because that's literally the conversation that I had with my husband. While we were dating, I told him going like from the beginning, hey, I'm not about to be one of them girls with you for 10, 15 years. At the year two mark, we got to have a conversation on what we're doing because we both getting too old to be playing games and doing all that with each other's lives. If this isn't going anywhere after two years, we can cut our losses, you know, but we need a destination. We need a blueprint. We need to know where we're going. So it wasn't that in two years, we gonna break up. It's no, we need to have a conversation. Is this where we want to be? Are we going to make those steps, even if we're not quite there yet to be in that more long-term committed relationship? Or is this, it's been fun and games. I'm going to deuce peace out. Woo. Okay. I feel like we got extremely deep, but I'm loving it. I am loving it. My question, I want to reroute to the mind reading. And so I know y'all said like, oh, people aren't mind readers and people, you know, because we aren't, unless y'all have a superpower that y'all not sharing with me, I'm going to be a little bit upset. But unless, you know, unless we have superpowers, we really can't read anyone's mind. So I'm thinking of like when you're delivering things or you're talking to people, and I don't know if y'all have ever experienced this, but sometimes I feel like and it's probably me getting some, you know, help with, from my friends, right? Like, how do you deliver stuff when you feel like the person may be too sensitive to d- even receive it? Or is that something that's like me projecting on that person? What are y'all thoughts? More often than not, it's you projecting. Because I've had a situation where I've, I have, um, we're not best friends anymore, but we were friends for 10 years since high school. And we went through, co- we literally are at every stage. We're parallel. Um, and there were some things I just didn't want to tell her. And most of the time it was me projecting my feelings feelings and me not even taking into account that she's also a human. When we talk about those boundaries, I was trying to control the situation by like easing it in or talking and she'd be like, I know what you're talking about, Kiana. Like, that's what I'm feeling as well. And it's like, oh, I tried to go in there and I tried to have this conversation. I tried to, I tried to be sneaky and do this and then have this conversation. And then she's like, no, stop, stop stonewalling. Stop doing it. Just have that conversation. So more often than not, it's you projecting how you're feeling and what you want the outcome of that conversation to be um, onto that person. And it's not right most of the time. And it takes a person like what Bree said with emotional maturity to have that conversation because if you do not take that into account you can easily step into that emotional manipulation um really quickly if you don't and then people who are like oh I don't know why I have no friends because you're an emotional manipulator you're manipulating people emotions because you're projecting how you're feeling onto other people and no one wants to be around an energy vampire so listen energy vampire okay we about to transition y'all let's talk about this Because we are all on here and we all understand energy, right? So y'all tell me, Kiana and Kaylee, y'all can start because y'all are the youngest on here. Define energy vampire. First and foremost, define the energy and how that goes into a friendship anyway. Um, I guess I can start with the energy vampire. Well, I was always told that if you are in high spirit and the energy vampire come around, they're going to leave you in a low spirit. So basically, they're going to say something to make you mad 
or angry or just to say something to get a negative response from you. And an energy vampire only comes around when they need something or when they're at low spirit and they want high spirit, but they can't get it themselves because they're energy vampires. Yes, Kaylee. To piggyback off of that, that is definitely what my definition would be too. Um, and I'll even take it a step further and say that energy vampires, for most of the time, they know they're energy vampires. They know it and they feel it and they and they walk around with that spirit and they they're always the people that you kind of like people who are like empaths are really like really um susceptible to people's energy because I'll say that I I feel like I'm really susceptible susceptible to people's energy just like how I grew up and things like that so from that I very am very tuned when someone walks into the room and so energy vampires and just for people who don't know what an empath is it's someone who's very um susceptible and someone who is uh, vulnerable to um energy when people walk into they can feel different flows of energy when people walk into the room um and so i feel like people who are energy vampires they if they know that someone's an empath nine times out of ten um and if they're not an empath who has boundaries and know how to close off their energy to energy vampires they're going to go and suck the life out of you but then they're going to try to find a way to find you they're going to try to make you their own personal bank and so i allowed one of my friends to be i was her bank i was her blood bank um and she would fill me up on things she would figure out what it is that filled me and then she would take my energy over and over and over again and before i had boundaries i didn't know that um so energy vampires definitely they know when people are around they know when there's a person who don't know their boundaries because they're gonna find you they're gonna make you your own blood bank so figure it out before they do that i do agree with kiana about being able to being able to understand like who takes and who fills um because at this point in my life um energy vampires don't exist that's something that's not a part of like my environment just because i can immediately tell whenever i hang out with someone and i come home and decompress i'm like that was a really great day i enjoyed it versus like oh my gosh like i feel anxious i feel you know worried and so at this point i am self-aware enough to know whenever you know, I'm around someone, how my body responds to them. And so I would encourage anyone listening, whenever you're in a space with someone and you feel like anxious, worried, what's going to happen next? Or after hanging out with this person, I feel really low and you can't explain it. That is most likely because of the energy that they're giving you versus when you have a conversation with someone who's on the same level, maybe at a higher frequency, you feel in inspired, you feel calm, you feel like, oh my gosh, I really want to hang out with this person again. And so I've heard the term energy vampire. <laughs> Fortunately, at this point in my life, um, I've developed that skill of like being able to filter and protect my space and energy because that is important too. I think sometimes in our friends, there are definitely people who are energy vampire, but just being human in the nature that we all live in, I think during certain periods, sometimes we become that energy vampire. And one of the things I think that is best in self-preservation in those moments, if you do have a friend that is in that season of sucking all the emotional and energy life out of everyone, is to create those boundaries for yourself. Like ask yourself, ask yourself, excuse me guys, 
how am I feeling today? Do I have anything to give? <laughs> like, do I have any emotion? Is my emotional capacity at a level where some of it can be siphoned off? And if it's not, it is okay to ignore calls. It is okay to tell somebody, hey, I need a day or I'm taking some time to recharge my own batteries. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Like, you don't always have to be available. I think sometimes in friendships, we feel like we have to always be available for people. You do not. Like, once again, my favorite analogy, the airplane with the oxygen mask. You have to put that oxygen mask on yourself before you can give to somebody else. If your emotional capacity is not at a level that you can give to somebody, then you're going to be no good to yourself or to them. So sometimes you do need to tell your friends, hey, today ain't the day. I, I can't be there for you like you need me to be there. And it should be okay with them. And that should be okay with you too. Um, Just really quickly, I'd never heard of that term before. So that was pretty much a light bulb moment. However, I'm very familiar with those type of people that just suck that energy out. Luckily, thank goodness, I don't have that in my friend circle, but I do work with these people. And I spend more time at my job than I do with my friends. So I know them pretty well in the work environment. And me being that supportive person that has an affirmation for everything and that has a positive perspective for X, Y, Z, and this, that, and the third would pour into this person when they're feeling down or when they're not, you know, feeling a hundred percent or whatever. And because that's what I thought, you know, was the right thing to do just from one human to another. And it got to the point where I'm tired at work because I got to deal with this. And this person works within my office space. So I got to the point now where I'm like, I have nothing more to give you because I've gotten to that point where I have to self-preserve. And because that negativity is so contagious, because it's so contagious, I have to put my blockers on. I got my crystals. I have sage at work. Yes, I do. And I have to to protect myself from falling into that trap again, because clearly what you don't want is help and support. You just want to suck all of that from me. And I can, I can no longer give that to you. Yeah. So I could, I could definitely relate to that experience as well in the work environment. And the funny thing is sometimes it's not someone who's just complaining. It could be someone who's not walking in their authenticity and doing too much all the time. And so that can be something that like takes and drains where, you know, you're trying to force a connection, force a relationship. And it's just like, be authentic and allow things to happen. And if it does, great. But if not, that's okay too. Um, and so very similar to Sunny D, my experience with um, what did, what do we call it? Vampire energy or energy, some whatever <laughs> the term was. Um, energy vampire, thank you. <laughs> Thank you. My experience has mainly been in the workplace where it's either the person who's always complaining or the person who's not, you know, being authentic with themselves and trying to do too much all the time. I was like, oh, so me and Jerusha work together. So I was like, be careful now. You, you, you treading on. <laughs> Don't be talking about me over there, girl. <laughs> but no, that is true, though. That's actually pretty funny. And I think that me and Kiana were having a conversation this week, and I won't tell it because it's her scenario, but she had a scenario with a coworker. And one of the things that I told her was, I was like, at this point, now that you know who that person is, you treat them the same, but you don't treat them the same, right? So it's like, you still be kind to them. You're still their friend. Like, you still like, for me, I have somebody in my job who she's, they're a 
pathological. They lie about everything. And, but I still, my character, right? I'm not going to allow her to change my character. So I still come into work. I still speak to her every day. I still ask her, you know, how are things going? Blah, 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 blah. But then when she starts then lying, I'm just like, oh, okay. Okay. Really? Oh, so it's like, you know what I'm saying? Not allowing myself to get pulled in by her. Right. So I think that's too, like, I think everything just kind of really goes back to boundaries of knowing how to protect your spirit so that that energy doesn't jump on you. But I did have a question that I was wondering, like, is being an energy vampire, is it seasonal? Is it temporary? Like, does it, you know, is it okay? And I think Nate kind of said something alluded to this a little bit of like, maybe that person is just going through that season where they're an energy vampire. And, and if they are trying to now come out of not being an energy vampire, what does that look like? How do you navigate that relationship? And I'll give you an example. I have someone who for years has been an energy vampire to me to where I feel so bad that where the last couple of times that this person has called me, I haven't answered the phone. But when I ended up calling them back, it was about upbeat stuff. And so now I'm starting to realize like, okay, maybe this person is transitioning from not being an energy vampire to trying to improve their life. So is that a thing? Like, I just want to say like, that is so true of like, it does come in seasons and I'm going to, I can only speak for myself. Like, I feel like it does come in seasons because as you know, we, life is different stages and depending on what you or your friend is going through, it's kind of like a um, teeter totter, right? Sometimes you're that one who is that strong friend and you're giving and pouring and pouring and pouring and pouring because your friend right now is going through hell and you know it and you're like I will be that strength and you can borrow all my energy you know but in that same scenario the only way that bent not vampire but the only way that friend is able to pour into that friend that's down is if somebody is on a higher level pouring into that friend because it's like that um waterfall right like the bottom is full but it's always the water comes from somewhere it's kind of like uh recycling right like you're recycling the energy and it's going and going and going but I would say that is probably my experience is like when you have a friend that's so far down and they're pulling from your energy and they're quote-unquote draining your energy but you have another friend or another family member or somebody else that's pouring into you hell you have God that's pouring into you and it's giving you the energy that's giving you the capacity to be able to still go and give to this person and then it could flip three years later boom now this person is giving you all the energy because now you in a hell type of situation right and I'm gonna say this and this is just how I feel is like we don't know what people are going through we really don't and even if this is like my best friend ride or die if my best friend is in a relationship and she not telling me what's going on I don't know what I don't know and I think that is where for me I struggle is because as y'all know I'm a very 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 candid type of person I'm I can't help what I can't help and I don't know what I don't know. So if you telling me everything is okay, I'm going to assume everything is okay. But as a friend and like you all said it earlier, I think Nate uh, and Bree all said it earlier of like being intentional. If I am an intentional friend and I am intentional about me and you and our relationship, then I am going to know, nah, something wrong, boo. Your energy off. You saying you okay, but I don't believe it. So then y'all know me. I'm going to hit you, be like Kaylee Jr. Hit you with a million questions. What's going on? And probably within 90 second and you're like wait a minute wait a minute but we're gonna figure out and we're gonna get to the root of the problem right so that's just my long-winded answer nay go ahead <laughs> okay 
So if we do have a friend that is in that dark place, or if we do have an acquaintance that is operating as an emotional or an energy vampire, does that then make them a frenemy or are they still your friend? What are your thoughts? I want to say it definitely does not make them a frenemy, at least at that point. That term frenemy, I don't believe in that, FYI. <laughs> if we're if we're quote unquote enemies, we're not friends is how I see it. But in regards to like a friend who is an energy vampire or maybe like going through a season where it's like their energy is lower, I want to say that wouldn't necessarily push them into a different category. Um, for me, I've definitely been there with friends who have been going through seasons. And what I do understand with relationships is everyone has to be able to help themselves. I do understand that there's only so much that I can do and so much that I can say for to support a friend um, in their season. And so I now know that I don't have to take on everything that they're going through. Um, so we going back to the boundaries, but also like being there supporting asking what they need. And then ultimately understanding that, you know, whatever they're going through, they're going to be the ones to move themselves from season to season. And I'm just here to be like, do you need me? What can I do? How can I show up? Um, and so that's how I understand my role whenever a friend is going through a season. And then I guess going back to the frenemy thing. Um, yeah, that's just a word that I don't believe in. Because if I don't like someone for whatever reason, which at this point, there isn't anyone that I, I could say that I don't like, but um, we're not friends. We're not talking. We're not, you know, exchanging things that I would do with a, a friend. So yeah, frenemies don't exist for me, but I'm curious to know if frenemies exist for y'all. I'll say for me, they do. I do have frenemies. I have people that I have unknowingly, let me stop on saying that. I knew we were in competition with each other, but it took, it's like, how far are we going to let that go? You know, we kind of like kind of keep pushing but to kind of also answer the other question what category do they go into once they get into that season or when they become energy vampires I realized for me I cannot be around you in that seat I can be around you in that season if you want to get out of that season I cannot be around you if you want to sit in it if you want to sit in it I will leave you to sit in it but if I invite you to brunch don't come with that energy but I invite you to these places don't come with that energy because for me I realized I need three things in my friendship for it to continue to be filling me up and we filling up each other I need to be able to be vulnerable with you I need to be able to communicate with you I need to play play is a really big thing for me I, I can if I can't play around and that means going out and doing things I just can't be friends with you in that moment and not saying I won't be there for you at your lowest because I will but I need you to want to want better for yourself but if you want to sit in that and fester in it and feel that way um then I'm going to let you fester in that because I for me when I'm in that energy I don't want anybody to be around me because I know I'm going to be low when I'm low vibrational I come my phone off I turn off I turn everything off and I'm like this is it I'm leave me alone and my friends understand that when I need my alone time I have to have my alone time all right new question because Kiana just murdered it girl because I, I was about you. to say Kiana I love your list you be coming up with some lists and some categories and yes why was I like okay literally about the type like say the list and Kiana's like listen number one two 
Sidebar though, I feel like sometimes we don't recognize how important play is as adults. Like at kid, as kids, it we always want to play. But I think as adults, we sometimes get in our head that we gotta be serious and da da da. No, we need to play. So thank you for reminding us that play is important. That's so true. So again, they I apologize for saying you can't have a hot girl summer and be a mom and a <laughs> No, I think that is very true because like, as most of y'all know, I do work with children and I think that's what keeps me for me young and like active and having this amazing overflow of energy is because I mean, to be childlike, right? It's the difference between being childlike and understanding that play is important versus being mentally childish. I think that's two totally different things and, and understanding that. So when she said play, I'm like, yes, you should be able to have a belly laugh every single day because what that does to your body and your body chemistry and your health baby you will be you wonder why these older seasoned people who are like 105 100 110 why they're still living because they mind their business drink their water they play and they they laugh that's what they do and if we if we're taking things so seriously like oh my gosh if I don't get this done oh my gosh oh my gosh life is gonna end baby your life is gonna end because to me again I'm gonna go to the Bible he said <laughs> he said the power of the tongue and I'm paraphrasing y'all but he said the power of the tongue you speak life so if you're speaking that oh uh I'm too anxious or oh life is gonna end baby your life is gonna end I speak Lord thank you for this amazing day today thank you that I'm gonna have a belly laugh and Lord I don't know what it's going to be but I know by the end of the day I'm gonna have a good day and I will have a good day because I said it I believe it and the people I surround myself with will do it because I know it's some days that some I do feel like ugh, and I'll call like Brianna and Brianna get on the phone hey girl with her high energy and I'm like okay well let me get my energy up too so like it also depends on who you surround yourself with. it's just okay I can go on a tangent so I'm gonna stop and let somebody else talk yeah because let's be real the second you take your first breath you decrease in your days on this earth so you might as well have fun in it because we all die every day <laughs> But I like this topic of like fun because I don't think we really talk about that, like having fun with your friends. Right. And I think for me, like that's one of the things that allows me to constitute, OK, can we be friends is how comfortable can I be around you? Because I was just telling somebody the other day, like I'm crazy, crazy. Like if I really like did and said everything that goes on in my mind, y'all be like, wow, this woman is crazy. And so when I'm around people where I feel like I have to be stoic and put on this facade all day and I have to be boring like that's how I can categorize too like oh okay you know she's somebody I can wait you know like she's not anybody that I'm just gonna be like okay hey you want to go with me downtown because I know you know how you might have perceived Brianna at work is gonna be completely different than seeing Brianna go downtown right and so you're not gonna you know what I'm saying like you're not gonna get no friend Brianna at down you know you're gonna get the friend Brianna at downtown so I really think that that's cool because I don't think we think about that like being able to have fun with your friends is so important. Brianna, you know you a friend of the pod. Ain't nobody gonna listen to this. Say whatever you want. It's a safe space. As we like gonna record. (laughs) Y'all not I gotta whisper it because y'all not ready.
Once again, what do we talk about boundaries? Why are you putting that up on us? We can handle it. That's project. As Kiana said earlier, projecting. You are you projecting project that it. on us. Come on, come to the dark side. No, I am doing better. That's why I have to keep apologizing for judging you earlier by being a hot girl and a mama and a wife. So that's what I'm saying. Like stuff like that in my mind. I'm like, mm, I don't know if she can do that. I do think, and I want to say, and I want to propose this question to y'all. Like, how do you have fun with your friends? Because I know like my, I have categories of friends of like what we do with funness, if that makes sense. Like I have some friends that will stop at a red light and we'll get out the car and twerk. Like I have some of those friends and I have some of the friends that, you know, that are very kind of like what Brianna said earlier, very stoic. And like, we go to professional events and we're, you know, learners, which it's still fun in the way of learning and being in that creative engaging mode. And then I have friends that we can like, just say like, Hey, and this is just me. I want to be a foodie today. And I want like fries from Chick-fil-A. I want a shake from uh, Shake Shack. I want food from this. And we just go and have a movie night that d- turns into like a girl's sleepover, which is never a movie night because we're always talking throughout the movie. So define like what does friendship fun in your friendship looks look like? I think fun in my friendships means being my full authentic self. Like one example of that is we all grown right. If I can't talk about sex, and sex toys and everything else with you, you ain't my friend. Like we too grown to be acting like people don't be getting it in. Like I understand that people have boundaries. I understand that not everybody feels comfortable talking about that with people. But if I can't talk about it to you, if you want to be all stoic and stayed and everything else, we, we can't be as, I can't be my full authentic self with you. And so I know I'll have to pull back. That's just one example. That's a good example. Um, I know for me, I just like a lot of the randomness that happens with my friends. There's been plenty of times where my best friend and I, we would have our intention is to like, we need to go to Target to do this one thing. And then going to Target ends up going to Ikea. And then going to Ikea ends up uh, doing a, a bootleg MTV Cribs in Ikea. And then that ends up like touring model homes for no reason other than the fact that we passed the open house. And then we end up at some bar and now it's 3 a.m. and we're trying to figure out what happened to our body like these are just the random things that I'm down for with my friends because like we didn't plan any of this but I know when we get together who knows what's gonna happen the last time I went home as a matter of fact I went to go see her because she had just had her new apartment and I was gonna go over there and hang out and then I was gonna go back to my mom's and we were gonna do that and my mama didn't see me for the rest of the day I don't remember what we did we ended up I think we went to the casino in another state those are the things that happened but you have to have that type of play in your relationships and that freedom to really just be whatever it is that you are. You know what I mean? Just authentically and have fun because like Nakai said, that does something to your body chemistry. It also does something to your physical body in your mid thirties, but we'll talk about that another time. But that's good for you. It's good for like your mental health. It's good for your physical health. It just makes you feel good when you have those connections with people. You can go do that random shit and it's fine. And it's totally normal. That's so funny. Like all all of that is so true. And it's like, I don't know, have y'all ever been out with friends and it's like, y'all had such a great time that you could tell that y'all all needed that. And y'all don't say it, but you can tell that y'all all needed that. You know what I'm saying? Cause it's like, y'all just had so much fun. And I think me and Nakai just had that two weeks ago when we went to San Antonio. And so I think that it's more so of like, um, man, just like everybody's saying it's being authentic, but it's no judgment is that 
no matter what, you know what I'm saying? Just you can, how you know, if you are truly my friend, if I haven't randomly stopped and started hunching and twerking something in front of you, you are not my true friend. Like, I'm so sorry. I, I, I hate to break that to anyone. So anyone that is even listening to this podcast, if you have never seen Brianna stop and twerk or hunch something, you're not my true friend. You're, you're not. I mean, you can get there. It's possible, but you're not. And that's, that's me. And that's that. I, I'm not even gonna lie to you. That's the caliber on how I rate my true friends. Um, can I, have I twerked in front of you? Have I done, like, have I even gotten on you and started hunching you? And then you kick me and you like, bring it your stupid self out. Like, because it's like what everybody's saying, it's being authentic. Everybody know that I'm goofy. And that's what I'm saying. Like, if I, if I acted on everything that I thought, y'all wouldn't, y'all wouldn't be ready for it. And it's like what Sunny D says, it's like just being able to just act in the moment. You have that child, when you get with good friends, you revert back to that childlike friendship. You know, like what you used to do with kids, you don't think about nothing. You just do it, right? Like, just like yesterday, we were downtown Dallas and then we saw a wedding party taking pictures and we were like, oh, let's go crash the wedding. And guess what? The three of us fools crashed. Well, we didn't crash the wedding, but that sounds good, right? But we walked past the wedding party and it's so crazy because the best thing that I could have remembered because like when we walked past the wedding party it was the groomsmen they were taking pictures and so I was like "Ooh, are any other groomsmen single but I forgot what I should have done was put my hand on my hip and did my twist and said hey boys you know trying to but it's like we didn't judge each other you know it's like just being able to have fun whatever that childlike fun where we don't think about no consequences it's just like yo and then another part to that I was telling some uh some of my friends the other day was like you got to be able also because this is fun to me like where when we look back and we're like girl we so stupid and it was like when I was going through when I was I was married and I was trying to catch my ex-husband uh cheating on me I literally called my friends and was like yo we need to do a um we need to we need to go you know do some investigation. My friends didn't ask no questions. They said, okay, where you want me to pick you up at? And them fools came out dressed up in all black and we went, <laughs> it was funny. It was hilarious. So just doing stupid stuff like that. So I want to say, you stole my examples. <laughs> But no, I was going to exactly say that, like, just having, like, yesterday when we were, like, at the wedding, and I was like, ooh, I'm going to distract the wedding plan, the uh, bride, and y'all look at the groomsmen. Tell us, like, who's hot, right? <laughs> but, um, like, just stuff like that. But the point of what I'm trying to say is that judgment, right? Because I think Sunny D said it when we were talking about money of, like, we're being judged about our money. We've been, you're always being judged right? And to be in a circle of, for me, I'm gonna say to be in a circle of beautiful Black women, and that they support you, but they also allow you to be that authentic self, to for you to shine, and for you to be like, girl, and not only that, but encourage you, like, if you want to twerk, you twerk on that tree, you do what you do, let me be your hype woman, right? And so with that, I'm going to ask this question, and I want every single one of you to answer, what type of friend do you each want to be remembered? for I was gonna say mine is simple but my creed is for everyone I want everyone who comes in contact with me to feel love so that's you know friend cousins mama whoever like I want to be remembered for like when you left Brie, you truly felt love. Like I, 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 I feed off of that. But <clears throat> I did want to go back because it made me think about something, Nakai, when you just finished about friendships. And I think that Kiana's three components for friendship are so important. And I just realized the full circle of that because she talked about having to be vulnerable 
communication and fun. And I really feel like you can't get to the fun with any of your friends if you aren't able to be in that vulnerable spot and if you aren't able to communicate. Meaning, okay, if I'm not able to be vulnerable with you, like we were talking about when I'm in my darkest moments, I'm not able to be vulnerable with you in those darkest moments. But then also, I'm not also able to communicate with you when you've been in those dark moments for too long and be like, Brie, listen, no, no, it's time. Like, you know what I'm saying? Move on. And so if I'm not able to have those two pieces within my friendship, then there's no way that I can get to the fun piece of that. So Kiana's a genius and she didn't even know it. Man, I agree. Kiana, she better know it by now. I know, right? She's sleeping on a lot of those talents and gifts. Just saying. Since we're talking about Kiana, go ahead, girl. Oh, 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 I got thrown into the ring of fire. Um, But for me, I think I want to be remembered as someone who was a road dog. You rocking, I'm rolling. So I just want everybody to know that I'm always be your number one supporter. I'm, I love spontaneity. I might, I'm very, I'm now, I'm, I like structured spontaneity. I don't know if that, they, I know they oxymorons, but I love it. I love when I can do that. So I just want my friends to know whatever you want to do, whatever they call me to do, I'm a, I'm being the either passenger side, I'm driving one of the two. Um, I would say I want to be known as the accepting friend. So if anyone like, you know, have a problem or if they feel like they don't, they're not heard or seen, like I want to be that one friend that sees that person because I never had that friend. So why won't I just be that type of friend, you know? So that would be the one. And also I want to be the goofy friend because I'm very goofy. So I want people to say, let's go to Kaylee's because we're bored and you know and that always happens because I'm always a goofy friend. Jerusha? I love what Bree said about being the friend who just gives love because I feel like that's where I'm at in, at this point in life. Um, two things matter the most to me in my relationships with people is being able to see them for where they're at and not judge, just accept them for who they are and see value in that, but also make sure that they feel like being appreciated in love like I always want someone to feel like they get good energy good support um, from our relationship and so um, that's what I would add love and being seen I would like to be remembered as a friend that was always giving of light you know what I mean like God has so much light that he brings into my life and there's so there's there's way too much of it like I can't contain it all myself and my one of my duties and one of my purposes on this planet is to share that with other people you know what I mean so I want people who come in contact with me to recognize that light and see that light as being something that is God-given and being able to take that and then disperse it to someone else that needs it I think I want to be the friend remembered for a couple of things I want to be the friend that you know is going to be honest and real I want to be the friend that you know is going to be your biggest cheerleader and who is going to tell you how awesome you are and pick you up when you're down. But I also want to be the friend that will help you problem solve. So if you are struggling with your awesomeness, the friend that you can call up and be like, well, girl, how do I get there? And that friend is like, okay, we're going to figure it out. Okay. Um, and I'll end before we transition in. I want to be the friend that's just genuinely honest and honest in the friendship, honest in communicate like our words, the way we communicate and honestly just being present. Because I feel like for me, we are so busy with life and things that we have to do that sometimes we just really forget to be present, to be in the moment, to be there 
in that friendship, right? So that's what I would want to be remembered for. So ladies, we are going to transition into our segment that's called Moments of Melanation. Moments of Melanation. Moments of Melanation is where we are highlighting a Black person doing the damn thing. Today for Moments of Melanation, we are highlighting. We are highlighting Black girls travel too, and not these people that are knocking on my walls. So this is a really awesome uh, company. It's founded by a woman named Danny Rivers Mitchell. She set out to encourage women of color across the diaspora to leave their backgrounds and to live life through travel. Her Instagram account is just like the her company, Black Girls Travel Too, T-O-O, as in also. And it was started in 2015. It's amassed 130-plus K followers followers so far and it's sharing just black travel experiences what I love about this company is they also organize like group trips for black women to go and travel across the world and a lot of them are what you call volunteerism where there are opportunities for you to travel the world and then give back to those communities that you guys are traveling to which is really awesome I wanted to bring this up and kind of shed some light on it because some of my favorite experiences that I've had in my friendships are when we travel and I wanted to know what you guys think about the friendships that you had and the friendships that you've cultivated and those experiences where you guys actually got out of your backyards and explored whatever world you guys want to how did those things make you guys feel what do you think my experience whenever I've had the opportunity to travel with my good friends that has always created an opportunity for us to get closer like just when I thought we couldn't get any close it's like you figure out <laughs> how much closer y'all can get just based off of Missing a flight, like who's going to figure that out? Or, you know, different scenarios and situations. You kind of tend to see your friends in a different light and that different light can allow you to appreciate them more or be like, um, why are we friends? <laughs> so I just love experiences where, you know, I get to see people in different, um, different situations and how they respond. And fortunately for me, that's always allowed me to appreciate and love them even more. I love traveling with my friends. I like, like I said, I'm sponsored a spontaneous person so me and my friend Nikki were we were um whatever I was hungover after a Halloween weekend party and we literally decided on Halloween to book flights to Chicago y'all no nothing went on Southwest and booked some flights to go to Chicago booked the hotel we were like we're going to Chicago after graduation and just went we just booked another trip on a cruise we just booked it to just go so I love traveling and I think it brings out uh I know I'm the planner of the group like I said structure spontaneity um and so people always appreciate me and how quick I work and like everything so I love to travel and it really brings out the best in friend groups and you get to kind of see your triggers and learn how to work through those with other people I enjoy that part the most I don't think there's an opportunity when you travel with people that you are friends with that you don't learn something new about said friend (laughs) and I just remember like just so many different experiences that I've had we've my best friend did very, something very similar Kiana where we were like let's go to Vegas and we booked the trip to Vegas mind you we'd never been anywhere without adult supervision at this point so like it was literally just us and my mother's like what are y'all doing we're gonna go to Vegas with who with us but we went and we had like the best time we had to watch each other so we don't get kidnapped so we had like to establish rules and stuff but those were like some of my most fun memories Nakai and I went on a cruise and we have a whole story about tequila and Russian spies and that whole thing was a trip and I thought about it the other day for whatever reason I can't remember 
And I was like, damn, that was a wild trip. <laughs> that was so fun. But you have to have those experiences with your friends. I think they bring you guys, just like Jerusha said, so much closer. And it tightens that bond when you have you have the opportunity to travel with people you really care about. This just made me realize I haven't taken I haven't taken a trip with my friends since college. I well, you know, the last trip I tried to plan Mother Nature has. So now I gotta plan a trip with my friend. And Brianna do hood rat things with my hood rat friend. Well, what is she? Yeah. <laughs> Oh, I would say like the one thing I love about this is that, and I may be going too deep, but I really love black people traveling. And I think that's because we are in our culture, it's not explored or encouraged as much as it is in other cultures of like, go travel, go learn. Because for me, I think like traveling is, is a lesson within itself, not just who you're with, but where you're going. And especially if you're going to different countries or like going international, you get to see so, uh, so many things that you're like, you know what I'm complaining about something in the states but hashtag I'm first world problems right but going back to your question I love traveling with friends because I really do get to see them like do 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 I really like you and not just saying that because like yes we like our friends but when you travel with them and like you said when you miss a flight especially internationally when you miss an international flight when you figure out you get to the Airbnb and the Airbnb is shit and you gotta again problem solve like real quick you really learn not just how people think but how people work under pressure and for me if I see you and I'm gonna give a real life example when we went to another state Airbnb was shit was horrible literally and y'all know I am very germaphobic but everything is a lesson like I don't believe in mistakes so every single thing is a lesson so lesson learned hey sometimes you gotta be able to step in your purpose or step up and say hey I gotta take control because right now I'm not staying here so if y'all gonna stay with me we stand over here this is you know the ending of that whole entire tragicness at the end of the day still being able to make a bad situation good while traveling because if you are traveling you still want to have an amazing experience even if you have some little hiccups along the way girl that story took you back to that place didn't it I, I saw it I did it really did that's why I was like okay let me wrap up because I'm getting what well, we said triggered and that anxiety's coming up like wait a minute I'm not there I am not there what about you Miss Kaylee um so I had the opportunity to travel last semester and out of all places, I went with a really big girl group to Houston and it did not end well. So I, I understood who respected my boundaries and who didn't. And now like it led to frenemies, led to energy vampires and led to a lot of things. So, but I'm glad that I've taken the opportunity to actually go to Houston because I will probably still be friends with those girls who didn't respect my boundaries. So I'm very grateful for that experience. Okay, so we are going to transition into our um, next sponsor who believes in every single woman's self-worth, self-love, and self-belief. Hey, beautifuls. This message is brought to you by The Grass is Greener on the Other Side, where we help women who have anger, sadness, and shame from being cheated on learn how to heal and take their power back so they can regain confidence, restore their peace, and attract the life of their dreams. We can be found on IG at Brianna underscore Latrice. That's spelled B-R-I-A-I-N-A underscore L-A-T. R-I-C-E. And for all of the Where's My Blueprint podcast listeners, we're offering free 15-minute discovery calls. So if you're ready to regain and restore that self-love, self-worth, and self-belief back in yourself, shoot me a DM for a free discovery call today. Because my motto is, honey, leave that cheater and find your peace. 
If you're interested in joining my new course, Rejection is Redirection, using your past as a reference, not a residence, you can email me at affairrecoverycoach at gmail.com or you can shoot me a DM at Brianna underscore Latrice. See you on the call. Okay, so we end every single episode with an affirmation. And so we have the beautiful, amazing Jerusha and Kaylee, who's ending our episode today. So we get two affirmations, y'all, with our affirmations. And so we will start out with whichever one of you ladies want to go first. Um, I have this one uh, affirmation that Miss Kendria helped me to get. And it says, I am comfortable and I am loved. I love that. I love that I am comfortable and I am loved, meaning I am comfortable with myself. I am comfortable with my life and I am super duper loved. Okay. Sorry, Ms. Jerusha. Yeah. Thank you for, uh, thank you, Kaylee, for that one. I would wrap up with, I don't know if y'all experience resistance when it comes to things that you want to accomplish and do in life. So my affirmation is I easily align with all the desires of my heart and receive those things with joy. I love that too. And that is all. Yes, we are receiving everything with joy because we are working in this feminine energy. We are receiving, we are attracting. Yes. And any thoughts on from the other ladies about those two affirmations? They're great. They're just lovely. Uh, oh, I just love Black people, especially Black women. I love both of those. I think they are really, really good, especially that second one. In this position in my life right now, things are easily aligning. Amen. Praise the Lord. Yes, I love it. I love it. All right. So thank you, ladies. Miss Jerusha, Miss Kaylee, Miss Brianna, Miss Kiana for joining us today. I am appreciative and I know the other ladies are too. And so we are going to end this episode. I don't want to end because I'm like, I have like 10 more questions that I wrote down for y'all. But being respectful of boundaries and time, we are going to end. And so all of our followers, please listen to this podcast. You can find us on Spotify, Apple, Google Podcasts at Where's My Blue, also Where's My Blueprintpod.com. Check out our blog at where's my blueprintpod.com y'all have anything hit us up let us know talk to us comments review and at that we'll say over and out bye peace out